0: Hello, friends, Sagan here. Welcome back to Indie Author Weekly, where I share my behind the scenes journey of writing and self publishing books. For today's episode, I want to talk about the importance of understanding your unique strengths and weaknesses as an author and how to best use them to your advantage. This is something that I teach freelancers in my online courses at SaganMorrow.com, and it's absolutely applicable to any kind of business, whether you are a freelancer or an author. So first of all, why bother figuring out your unique strengths and weaknesses? The value of knowing your strengths is that you can capitalize on them and highlight them. When you know what your strengths are, you'll be in a better position to improve your own own confidence and also to best use that particular skill. But it's also important to keep in mind that we all have weaknesses in addition to our strengths. And we need to know what those weaknesses are, as well as our strengths, so that we can work with or around those weaknesses. Why does that matter? Well, if you aren't aware of your own weaknesses, they will continue to bring you down again and again. You won't ever be able to be as successful as you could be unless you know what your weaknesses are and how to best work with or around them. Here's the thing, we all have weaknesses. Every single one of us. It's okay to have weaknesses. In fact, by acknowledging and accepting that we have weaknesses, it gives us an opportunity to improve our writing and continue to get better and better. And that's pretty cool. But we can only do that by being honest with ourselves and, under- and identifying what specific weaknesses we have, which can be the tricky part. Here are a few questions to ask yourself when figuring out what your own weaknesses are. Question number one. What style of writing comes more easily to you? Often, it's the writing that feels more natural to us, which we are also better at. Question number two. What style of writing is much harder for you? Now, just because a certain writing style is difficult for you or more challenging doesn't mean that it's automatically one of your weaknesses, but simply that there's a greater chance that it is. So we're just helping to narrow things down a little bit. Question number three. What do other people say about your work? In episode 12 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast, we talked all about book reviews and how book reviews are for other readers, not for authors. That being said, you can learn a lot about your own strengths and weaknesses based on what reviewers say about your work. This is especially true if the same types of comments come up from different reviewers. Definitely pay attention to that kind of thing. Question number four. What is flagged when you put your manuscript through Hemingway App? Hemingway App is an awesome and free program which highlights if you use passive voice, have too many adverbs, or if your sentences are too difficult and hard to read. I honestly had no idea how many adverbs I use all the time until I started putting my manuscripts through Hemingway App. It was a great way to uncover that weakness. I'm so happy to say that the number of adverbs in my novellas has gone way down as a result. It's definitely still a weakness of mine, so I continue to work on that. So put your book through Hemingway app and see what the report says about your work, and then make sure to take action to address that issue. Question number five. When you reread your work, how does it make you feel? This is best done if you can set your writing aside for a while before returning to it. That way, not only do you come back to your work with fresh eyes, but you'll also have some distance. So there's not that same sort of personal intimacy associated with it. You have a little bit of distance to your own writing and therefore you'll be able to look at it more objectively. Pay attention to things like whether there are certain parts that you find boring, or skim past, or if there are choppy sentences, and so on. Question number six. Who are your favorite and least favorite characters that you've written, and why? This is a useful question for diving into your abilities at character development. I find it very interesting when I look at my own work because I pretty much always prefer the women that I write as opposed to the men. And when I dug a little deeper into the why of this, I realized it was because the women that I write tend to be more complex than the men. In the first few books that I wrote, the men had less personality and dimension than the women. And I think that's also part of what makes She Wants More, book four in my romance series, much better than the previous three books. The men have a little more dimension and and thus we can relate to them more as readers, we can connect with them on a different sort of level. Question number seven, which is your favorite and least favorite scene you've included in your book and why? When you dig deeper into this question you might learn more about the chemistry that you create between characters or you might discover whether you have strengths or weaknesses when it comes to things like writing inner monolo- inner monologue sex scenes arguments and so on by asking yourself these seven questions you will start to have a clearer idea of what you're better at and what you need to work on because of course there's no sense in just knowing what these, these issues are unless we actually deal with them, right? We want, to, we want to take action on them. We want to use this information about ourselves um, and to, to our own advantage to make ourselves better. Now, the whole reason why I decided to do this episode on strengths and weaknesses was because I was confronted with a couple of my own just last week. Here's what happened. I was reviewing my plans for my next book, book five in my romance series, and part of that included creating promo graphics for the book. And as I was doing that, it occurred to me that I was feeling dissatisfied with how book four, which I published a month ago, doesn't fit into the same look as books five and six in my polyamorous passion series. So even though only book four has been published so far, I got all three book covers designed at the same time so that I would just have them ready to go for the next couple books when I'm when I'm ready to publish them. Now, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, Polyamorous Passions will be a nine book series and it's essentially made up of three trilogies. So because of that I used the same models on the covers for the first trilogy of books one to three and that works well There's nice cohesion um, you can see that the three books are clearly all related to one another But I didn't have a plan in place for using the exact same models for the second trilogy of books four to six And in this last week, I realized that this really bothered me books five and six are going to be the same model on the cover but book four is different. And the real kicker is that I have a few different stock photos of these book five and six models. And it occurred to me while I'm working on writing book five, it occurred to me that a particular stock photo would work way better for the book five cover compared to what I currently have planned for it. But I also really loved the original book five cover. It's it's really nice. I really liked it. So when I figured all of this out, I thought okay I need to do something about this. So I reached out to my designer and I asked if we could scrap the original cover for book four altogether. They agreed to swap the book four cover out for the planned design that we had for book five and to use the new stock image that I like for book five. So basically right now we're sort of looking at ensuring that there is the same cover models, the same stock photos for all all three covers in the trilogy so there is more of that cohesion and now that we are swapping out the original idea for book five into the book four cover that means that we can use this new stock image that really associates with a particular scene in the book for the book five cover now, I know that this could get a little complicated hearing me talk about this, talking about all the different cover designs. So if you are a visual person and you're wondering what all of these covers look like and how they fit together, you can check them out on saganmorrow.com books. And if you want to see the side-by-side of the original book for cover and the new and improved book cover for it, then I'll have both of those in the secret version of this podcast, which you can access at saganmorrow.com slash audio. So you can see what the original cover looked like and what the new one is going to look like. Okay, so why am I telling you this story today when our focus is on strengths and weaknesses? It's because one of my greatest strengths is that when I come up with an idea, I take action on it. I am a very action-oriented person. I have no problems with following through or committing to a project. But the slight problem that comes into play here is that sometimes it means I have to redo work because I moved too quickly on a project. I got so excited about it, I came up with a plan, and I implemented right away. And then I realize that things need to serve change. Case in point with these book cover designs. Book four was published just a month ago, and it's already been given a new cover. This isn't inherently a bad thing. It just means that sometimes perhaps I need to slow down a little with my ideas, or alternatively, I need to be willing to put in extra effort down the road to adjust things when I shift direction. And let's be honest, I'm more likely to do that. I'm more likely to be willing to put in a little bit of extra effort and redo work down the line than slow myself down. And that's okay, right? It's, it's okay to acknowledge these things about ourselves. It's okay to have these kinds of weaknesses hidden inside our strengths so long as we recognize them for what they are and accept that this is our reality if we aren't willing to do something about building on that strength and, and overcoming the hidden weakness within it. Right? It really just depends on how we want to approach it, how we want to look at it, and what we want to do about it. I want to note here that it's important that we don't get sloppy or lazy just because we have a particular strength. For example, one of my strengths as an author is writing realistic dialogue between characters. I'm much better at writing conversations as opposed to writing descriptive pose, prose. Prose. However, one of my weaknesses when it comes to writing dialogue is that my characters don't always have super distinct voices. So with this in mind, it could be very tempting for me to just think, oh, I'm good at writing dialogue so I won't focus on developing that skill at all. I'll focus on these weaknesses that I have over here. But if I did that, then I would miss out on this very important next step of building on that strength to create clear and distinct character voices. Really building that strength into a much, a much stronger strength, right? Something that's even better. This isn't something that will happen overnight, but it's something we can work on and develop over time. Sometimes our strengths can have hidden weaknesses as part of them, just like that example. So there is value in digging deeper into our strengths to uncover those pieces and continue to improve on them. The other side of this is that sometimes we can find strengths within our weaknesses. One of my weaknesses is that I don't really draw out a story or take my time in getting to a point. Like I said, I'm an action-oriented, go-go-go kind of person, and my writing style reflects that. I get straight to the point in my stories. As an author, I don't really develop a lot of subplots or spend too much time with world building. This is something I need to work on. However, I have been able to work around that weakness by writing novellas instead of full-length novels. This has been a good way for me to get around that problem while also working to develop my skill at multifaceted stories since all of the novellas are part of the same series. Okay, so to recap, the seven questions you need to ask yourself to identify your strengths and weaknesses are 1 what kind of writing style comes more easily to me? 2. What kind of writing style is more difficult for me? 3. What do other people say about my work? 4. What is flagged when I put my manuscript through Hemingway app? 5. When I reread my work, how does it make me feel? 6. Who are my favorite and least favorite characters I've written and why? 7. Which are my favorite and least favorite scenes I wrote in my book, and why? If, after asking yourself these questions, you are still doubtful as to what your strengths and weaknesses are, then there are a couple other techniques you can try. First, ask someone you trust. This could be a beta reader, someone in your writer's group, or a friend who, re- who reads your work. Now, if you find that people aren't very forthcoming about your weaknesses, which can, of course, sometimes happen, then a good way to approach it is by saying something, something that I think needs work in my stories is X, Y, Z. Did you notice that while you were reading the book? So basically, by by approaching it from this sort of angle, um, you're giving them something to work off of so that they feel more comfortable in providing you with that constructive criticism that you so want and need. The next technique is to search for strengths and weaknesses that other authors have when you read their work. It can be much easier to identify strengths and weaknesses when we have that distance and we aren't trying to analyze ourselves, right? If we try to analyze other people, we can see those strengths and weaknesses much more easily. The more that you can pinpoint what strengths and weaknesses other authors have, the better you're going to get at recognizing strengths and weaknesses in general, which you can then apply to your own work. Plus, when you look at what strengths and weaknesses other authors have, you can go back to your own work and try to see whether you, too, share that strength or weakness. It makes it easier to identify when you see it in someone else first. A word of caution, when you are doing this, just be sure that you are not comparing yourself to other authors. This, exp- this exercise isn't about comparisons or judgments at all. It's entirely about a learning experience. Okay, once you've figured out what your strengths are, that's great. You can play to them and build on them. But what about your weaknesses? How can you navigate those? Here are a few ways to work with or around your weaknesses. First, as I mentioned earlier, look at what opportunities you can make from your weaknesses. If you aren't very good at writing descriptive scenes, maybe you should get into screenwriting. If you aren't very good at writing a lot of subplots, then maybe you should focus on shorter stories. There's almost always some kind of strength that can be found in any weakness simply by shifting our perspective on it. Think outside the box. The second way to navigate your weakness is to face it every day. So this is in contrast to the tip that I just mentioned, but it's still a good strategy to try. For example, since I need to improve on expanding my stories and incorporating more subplots, I'm working on a few full-length novels behind the scenes which won't be published for some time. So I'm trying to improve on that skill without rushing it too much, and you can do the same oh, I need some water. (laughs) Okay. Lastly, when it comes to working with or around your weakness, do research and take training on it. Maybe this includes working with beta readers or reading books on the subject or taking an online course or attending an in-person writer's workshop and so on. You can also hire someone. For example, if you're good at the creative side of writing, but your sentence structure or grammar or spelling need a lot of work, then you would definitely do well by hiring editors at various stages of your book project. Basically, the idea here is to improve on your weaknesses by getting outside help, whatever that happens to look like. You don't have to go it alone. Keep in mind, our strengths and weaknesses do not exist in a vacuum. Understanding our strengths and weaknesses and identifying whether or not something is a strength versus a weakness often comes down to perspective and how we want to approach it. You will be able to find weaknesses in every strength, which means you can always make your strengths even stronger. And you will always be able to find strengths in every weakness, which means you have it in you to improve upon those areas. And that's pretty cool. That's pretty powerful. It can feel scary to analyze our work and to figure out our unique strengths and weaknesses, but there is that power in it. The more that you know this about yourself, the more you can do something about it. You will be able to create more opportunities for yourself. You will be a better writer and your readers will enjoy your work that much more. So isn't facing the fear of it worth it for all that you can get in return? Now, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Do you know what your strengths and weaknesses are as an author? How do you navigate them in your own writing? Feel free to connect with me at Sagan Lives on Twitter and Instagram to chat about it. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do consider taking two minutes to post a rating and review of this Indie Author Weekly podcast. I really appreciate your support. As always, you can access complete episode transcripts, sample chapters of my books, and a few other bonuses and goodies at saganmorrow.com slash audio, so hop over there to check it out. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.